thank you, Shona. Thank you, Nadeem. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, and first of all, before we go into any discussions about the film, a big, big, massive congratulations on the reception of the film, right from Sundance winning the Grand Jury Prize and the Love at Cannes as well. And now here at Sydney Film Festival, I think it just had its premiere at the State Theatre. It's a lovely, gorgeous theatre. So congratulations on the love the film is receiving all over the world. I think it thoroughly deserved it. Uh, What's your feeling like? Did you imagine that it's ever going to get this kind of reception all over the world? Um, Nadeem, should I go first? Yeah. Well, I mean, to begin with, uh, there's, I think, some considerable exhaustion with the question of how do you feel? Uh, because, you know, there's no uh, simple answer to it because it's a complicated sort of a emotion in the sense that of course, we are completely um, besides ourselves with joy and all of that. But at the same time, you know, when you put in uh, three full years into something with sort of unremitting rigor and a sense that, you know, when you begin an indie film, you don't really have a finishing line in sight, right? All you know, and you're sort of situated out that is the film, the Bollywood film industry. You have a vague sense of a texture that you want to make the film on. And you know that the only way to sort of like, even if the film is excellent, you're entirely dependent on the world of, uh, um, uh, you're entirely dependent on the world of basically uh, film festivals and so on for it to be appreciated and seen. And even then you don't know if you'll be able to find a really wide audience. So everything that has happened in a weird way feels like something of the film lottery being won. So, of course, one is entirely mindful of that. And, of course, like, um, the victory in both Cannes and Sundance were special because, for instance, in Cannes, we were playing besides some absolute stalwarts, uh, you know? Like, there was one of the Cohen brothers who had a film there. There was a Ukrainian master, Sergei Loznitsa. There was a Chilean master, Patricia Guzman. So, just to play alongside them itself was a matter of great honour and privilege let alone win the award so all of it is very uppy downy roller coastery and um, uh, i mean we're all besides ourselves and it hasn't fully sunk in and we haven't really processed it the front brain has processed it uh, you know in the thousand notifications that one sees on social media but in a real fact that one is fully living and inhabiting i it's not entirely this thing i don't know nadim how is it for you yes it's a uh, it's very strange you can say for me because uh, i'm not into that much into but i'm not at all into film and everything so today the screening was really good a lot of people were uh, more than 600 people were there in the screening and people were having so many questions in the end of it and even when i was stepped out of the theater and people were stopping me on the road and asking questions and congratulating me and this was really nice today. And uh, overall, people who have already seen it before, like the Sydney Festival staff, they were already knowing and they were just the first and they come and they congratulate me and then they uh, tell that we have already seen you. And, and uh, yeah. that's what it's your first time in Sydney, right, Nadim Bhai? Uh, yes. Sir. Congratulations to being in our lovely city. Uh, we are very happy to have you here. How does it feel? Yes, to be, very nice. Yeah, how does it feel to be a subject in a film? Actually, I know you obviously are a part of the film and you acted in the film, but 
how does it feel then when people refer that you are you know basically a subject within the film yeah, it's very weird kind of feeling so it's uh, it's something that uh, a little bit hard to explain and i don't have correct words for it but it's a uh, can say it is very weird and Jonak no uh, <laughs> wanted to touch on this uh, through line that the film has which is a very clever through line about how you approach othering in the film obviously with the uh, tights and the the link that you draw generally and i found that a very clever way of doing it in reminded me of a lot of iranian cinema as well about how hmm. on the surface it's about something else but once you dig deeper the layers are uncovering and you find out the the actual surface level drama is just a masquerading it's a mask to cover up something else entirely uh, was that approach how much of that was organic how much of that was obviously how events unfolded in time basically over those 3 years which no one could have predicted that things would go that way obviously right i mean look firstly thank you for the comparison with iranian cinema uh, i think i know the f- sort of films that you're mentioning and they're all of course gigantic films and all of that so thank you for that having said that um, i don't know if it was that much of a, a premeditated masquerade at all so i mean there is uh, I, the, there are various through lines in the film not just one and i think um, uh the film began primarily with the ecological at its core and the ecological still remains for me the dominant primary aspect of it what excites me about the film is that it's an exploration of the human condition through the ecological it's about entanglement of species species it's about um you know the various kinds of kinship that one shares with different and the or the neighborliness with different kinds of life forms and that's what's most exciting having said that what you i think sense is a kind of uh, tumult or an ongoing churning in the streets behind it's never something that one frontally negotiates with or engages with and um it's something that one senses as a kind of a epistemic wallpaper of the lights right and i actually prefer it when you know you sense that something is happening because the city feels like it's on the boil at some points but the brothers themselves are never directly political uh, beings you know they're in the conventional sense of course i think that their belief in the relationship between man and bird or ecology is actually profoundly political in a different kind of cosmological sense and it's a more uh, like i find it very attractive but not in the sort of direct conventional sense so uh, nobody wants to impose one's own world view on a film and i don't think that's a good thing i also personally my own taste is that is that um, you know films that have a kind of a direct social message either feels often feel a bit pedantic or like uh, i don't like lecturing in films at all especially like from uh, you know so i prefer it when things are oblique i prefer it when things are tangential and it's preferred when things are sensed and there is a foreground and a background and you and those often sort of like subtly merge or intermingle with, with one another and i find it like, interesting when there's those kinds of layers and there's a lot to mine and excavate in a film so uh, that's how so it was a dense kind of a tapestry or meshwork which uh, you know over time developed and a lot happened behind and around the brothers and their lives which of course nobody could have predicted or anticipated so 
all of that was thing and i didn't i had to be disciplined to not turn the camera streetwards you know and stay within the tiny basement where they work however as one says the outside world often leaks in you know it hemorrhages in in subtle small imperfect pushes and so you go to the balcony and you hear something so that's what and i wanted to keep it at that kind of oblique thing you sense something tangentially and that's about it i i completely agree that i i get your point because uh, even if audiences who are not aware of the political undercurrents of what's happening in india i think the reason this film is connecting with audiences world over is that it's got that universal message in there about humanity and how basically we're all part of an ecosystem essentially uh and uh, i i love that and i i agree that this is not a pedantic film but at the same time what i do appreciate is that you're not pulling any punches without it being on the nose i mean if somebody can uh, and if they're smart enough to read uh, between the lines everything is there for the taking basically and people who can may read it that way and that's I also mean, the, uh, uh, you know it's avoid like, the sense uh, i suppose yeah i i like the i understand so the thing is that you know it's like michael haneke says that a film ought to be like a springboard you know you come onto it and you then you jump into the swimming pool of semantic meaning so the whole um, pool of interpretations is present and anybody can read whatever they want to read of it but the idea is to keep it open ended and dense in a way where you are open to different kinds of explorations and of course i mean i i don't know if i've uh, uh, pulled punches as much as uh, you know uh, whispered things in and then that's about it right and i have uh, to be honest it's not like i this is the kind of work that i anyway uh, get drawn to i don't like things when they're very frontal or very this thing anyway i like it that it's about ecology i like it that it's really not a nature doc it's not really a wildlife doc it's really not a sociological doc it's really not a political film it's really not just about the emotional relationship yeah, it's, it's but hard it's about to put it in a box yeah yeah and it's about a kind of cross section of these kinds of um pluralistic sort of uh, like it's a whole uh, uh, panoply of things uh, together and that kind of uh, sort of um, incomplete inquietness is something that i find attractive for example there's one scene in the film which i love uh, to draw upon this example that you're saying is that uh, when uh, nadimba you're treating a bird with uh, i think metabolic bone disease or bone disorder and there is this song playing in the background the kale cycle song is playing in the background gam diye mustaqil kitna nazuk hai dil hai hai ye zalim zamana and that kind of uh, almost encapsulates the feeling of the film because uh, you almost feel like you're warriors uh, in in a world which is so cruel and everything is falling apart around you and you you are finding some sense of uh, normality to hold on in your lives i mean by uh, as a subject in the film uh, how did you feel uh, basically being part of this experience so it's been uh, actually when uh, ashwanak came to us and described what what he's going to do with the film and that was very back in 2018 when it was not even started and uh, he promised something that this film will be very different but couldn't make out that what he's trying to say but uh we uh, finally we um, we can see it what he mean and uh as far as your question goes that uh, it's uh, something what we want to tell the world about what we do and shonak has beautifully done his job of showing it to the world and 
as I said, there is a very weird feeling that I can't explain that what I feel in the part of the film. But it is a um, positive feeling, some kind of... Can you explain uh, that feeling, Nadeem? Even I'm curious to hear that. What is the weird feeling? <laughs> yes, that is something which... Uh, um, Sometimes, uh, sometimes I feel proud. Sometimes I feel embarrassed. Some, but sometimes I feel. You feel okay, embarrassed. Which is okay. not that. Okay. I mean, I get the embarrassment because you see, the the thing that I like the most about Saudi Nadim is that they're very uh, humble, modest, dignified, oh. decent people, right? And in a way, it's also about really what the thing that I uh, that attracted me initially. is that so i generally have not very much patience with uh, the classic environmental discourse cinema you know because there's a lot of like either there's bleeding heart sentimentality or there's a kind of gloom and doom apocalypse like it's very shrill you know and of course the apocalypse feels inevitable now but i don't think anybody is doing anybody uh, any favors or like helping the cause by constantly being this like it puts the audiences off often and what nadeem and saud had they embodied a kind of a unsentimental rye resilience of put your head down and soldier on because the birds are falling and somebody has to do the work so they just like have this kind of thing about just moving on and it's very unsentimental and matter of factly in a way you know and i was really attracted to that kind of a um emotional disposition and that kind of a philosophical attitude and um, so i completely when he says that he's embarrassed i sort of get it because it, you know it's it's consistent with the rest of the personality uh, that the brothers I, i think you sort of answered my next question because it is going to be uh, around that like you know why still do this you know you've been doing this started with a soap dispensary and you've had a had this ongoing for so long but what like if you tomorrow shut shop and stop doing this nobody is going to blame you nobody is going to expect this out of you nadeem bhai but you and uh, saud are still going with this in fact you're trying to make it better and trying to learn and you just had your training completed as well so you, in fact you're getting better and better in your craft uh and the question that left me was like yes you have so much of emotional labor being put into this work and i was just like but kyun why <laughs> you know if tomorrow you were to stop doing this nobody will blame you right uh, who who's going to actually complain who's going to be there and say are you know nadeem stop doing this or or basically you made a difference to the world or maybe that's not how you look at it maybe you look at it differently so many that were the very reason that we started this work is just to uh, have a place for these birds which are neglected so they can die in peace so our very first step is not to fix them and back this rehabilitate them but just to have a place for them where they can even come and die in peace so because we have seen so many birds lying on the road and they are very large predatory birds and they do not have a natural predator so they are not killed on the road when they are wounded they are you can see them for many days and then one day they are gone so if you are going to stop it and not doing it not going to rescue any more of them that most probably they will be on the road again dying of starvation and 
doctors or something. So that is the very force which is always pushes us. That if you are going to stop it and the birds are dying on the road, we are not going to sleep in the night. We just, our mind will be there. Yes. We should go out and get them. And if we are unable to fix them, at least we can provide them food and water so they can die in peace. And it's with quiet resilience, which is actually very attractive, like you mentioned as well in the film, that you don't have to be a kind of, you know, you don't have to go out for world peace. You don't have to go out there to change the world. You just, you just have to go out and do your part in, in the ecosystem, basically. And hopefully, if everyone does their part and does their bit, the ecosystem will survive. And maybe the fissures in society that we have today may mend itself somehow. You know, there's this line in the film, which is like, we're trying to put a band-aid in the gaping wound that is Delhi. And that doesn't feel like enough. But if enough people maybe put on that band-aid, maybe the wound can fill itself. So uh, mm. uh, what do you have to say about, because I really dug that philosophy that the film is trying for under the current? Right. So I was actually, while you were saying, trying to look for the Cannes uh, Award, um, the tiny write-up that they'd done. Uh, which actually speaks to them. I can't find it right now, but it went something like three Don Quixotes who, even <laughs> if they can't save the world, yeah. save their world. Yeah. And that's really, it, the, in a way, you know, this one, I suppose is also a kind of exploration of the relationship between the particular and the whole, where the particular, the very specific tiny basement becomes a kind of way to enter the city itself, right? Even in the edit structure, you see that we keep sort of shuttling between the extreme compression of this claustrophobic basement with the vistas of the city itself at large, right? But in a way, you know, it's like in great, uh, uh, in the best literature that you read. So I remember this line, I think it's either Chekhov or Tolstoy, one of the Russian types, who had said that you just need to look at one human being and their thoughts to get a sense of the full sweep of human epic emotions of good, of evil, of joy, of tragedy and all of that. And the truth is that's what you need. You really need to home in on one small thing. And, you know, in a way, it's like uh, of, uh, there's a constant push and pull between the fact that they are trying to do the best to save their world and they're almost facing the burden of the world itself, right? So when Nadim says that he's trying to put a band-aid on a wound the gaping size of the city itself, it points towards that kind of incongruity or discordance between the scale, right? Like uh, Nadim once told me about this sense that they, that this figure that they have about the work that they do. It's like all of this is history. There are one dot on it. After it, the rest of it is history, right? And what is it also suggests is a kind of scalar imagination, wherein, of course, what they're doing is a infinitesimal blip on what they do. But they've devoted their lives to it. And the magisterial beauty of completely singularly devoting your entire life to something, even though you know that, you know, what you're doing is simultaneously tiny and negligible, but also simultaneously huge and everything. So it's this kind of a, uh, you know, contradictory simultaneity of everything at the same time as nothing is what is, uh, you know, that's almost at the heart of the film, right? And actually, Nadim himself becomes an embodiment of the push and pull of everything and nothing. That's interesting. Uh, and I think the final question I had was probably something which every cinema lover 
who watches Indian cinema or you know coming out of all industries out of India has in their heads, and it's something you mentioned as well that you're not a fan of didactic cinema. You, you don't really like uh, cinema that really panders to you. Unfortunately, ninety percent of our mainstream cinema does that, and uh, if anything else, that is now also the environment uh, where that's the easy kind of cinema to make. Uh, or that's probably the kind of cinema which will get made more often than not. Uh, so in that scenario, as a filmmaker who's trying to do something different, say something different, uh, how do you, do you feel despair? Do you feel hope? Do you feel like uh, you have something you can add to the world and you still, are you, are you, do you feel like a fighter or do you feel like, you know, you're still doing like Nadeem and Saud, just doing part of your job, basically? I think it depends on when you ask me. Okay. Uh, you're also asking me at a time when there's an easier answer for it. Yeah. Um, okay, firstly, to begin with, I don't, I do not occupy a position which just takes a knock on mainstream cinema for the heck of it and just like dismisses it as grass commercial. I don't like, I don't see the value in that at all. Some aspects of it are also endearing and some things that you look out for and it's a great kind of uh, cultural text to understand the psychopathology of our times. Right. So in a way, that's great. But I I wouldn't just randomly, you know, I wouldn't just randomly take a jab at commercial films, a large part of which I don't enjoy. And I'm not the audience for. But I, uh, you know, you have to appreciate the fact that there is an audience for it and it exists. Okay. I am not a, an audience for a large part of the film. Having said that, of course, yeah, I mean, your question was geared towards, I think, the emotional vagaries of how does it work when you're this outside. I understand that. It's not easy and it's lonely and it requires some degree of uh, emotional and emotional courage, I suppose. But I don't want to paint myself with too much bravado and say, they come and kya 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 sort of thing. But of course, it's lonely. It's scary. It's uh, paralytic often. Uh, me and the entirety of the direction team, nobody has worked in Bombay. All of us work on this kind of independent thing where, you know, we decide an idea that's exciting and then devote two to three years rigorously to it, right? I mean, we've taken, I live 1.5 hours on a good day away from where Nadim lives in Wazirabad, yeah? Two hours, two and a half hours sometimes on a bad day. So, and we would have gone, uh, Nadim, like, at least like 200, 250 times. Mm, uh, so, at least. Or more. So, uh, so it's, of course, it's not uh, easy, but even more than that, you know, of course, you're constantly, you feel strapped for resources, you feel strapped for uh, a clear uh, sense of clarity about what you're doing. And the finishing line is a misty, abstract haze that is far away. And you don't know if the film will land. And even if it lands in a film festival, you don't know if it will reach audiences. Now, you are talking to me at a point where I'm still very warmly basking in the afterglow of success that none of us had dreamt of. Uh, the first Indian film to win the Grand Jury at Sundance and then winning Cannes is, I mean, who, I, of course we couldn't have anticipated this, right? So, of course, that sort of changes my worldview on this particular matter. And, uh, but, uh, and of course, I have a more optimistic, sanguine version of this but I'm let me put it this way I am guardedly optimistic I'm cautiously optimistic about how things are changing personally I'm very grateful and I'm very honored and I'm absolutely uh, like basking in uh, the afterglow of it but 
let me finish by saying this you know you you do this kind of thing because you can't do anything else you know so it's i suppose in that way there's to some degree uh, similar with nadeem and saud but of course none of us have the kind of wholehearted dedication that they have but the only uh, you know um, we are sort of poor cousins of that feeling in the sense that you it's like they say to a writer that you ha- you must be a writer if there's nothing else that you can do you know if you can't not write then definitely similarly it's like i can't not i want to singularly uh, devote everything to making films in my life everything in my life feels like it's fodder for films or thinking about it and i genuinely love it i can't like not do it so therefore there's no point of martyring myself and like you know like having a martyring uh, narrative about it i have to do it that's why i do it and i'm thrilled that it's landed this well this time and i'm so glad thank you so much thank you so much both of you thank you so much shonak for jumping on on at such short notice uh, that those are all the questions i had and thank you both so much congratulations once again for the film